the word of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke. Inasmuch as I have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Now there was in the days of Herod, king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the, of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. And so it was, that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the house at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me, in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word to our hearts 
and to our minds. We pray that you would help us to be aware of what you are doing and what you long to do in and through our lives. And we pray that you would ready us for our Savior's return. We pray all this in His name. Amen. Aiden and I were walking this past week together and uh, the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town was on the radio. And uh, we were hearing it over the, over the loudspeakers. And the line, He sees you when you're sleeping, uh, was sung. And Aiden said, Dad, isn't that creepy? He sees you when you're sleeping. And I laughed and said, Yes, Aiden, it is kind of creepy, I guess. Zacharias and Gabriel is a mysterious and intense story. Zacharias is a priest and he's serving the Lord in the holy place. It's, it's his opportunity. The opportunity has fallen to him to, to light the incense on the altar of incense and to, um, to serve the Lord in that capacity. Incense in the Old Testament was representative of, of the prayers of God's people which are supposed to be constantly lifted up to God our Father. So he's in the holy place. He's a priest. There's incense. And there's this angel that suddenly appears to him. I imagine Zacharias was quite startled, as I would be and as I imagine you would probably be if suddenly an angel appeared. But this angel appears to him and and gives to him this intense prophecy concerning a child that is yet to be born. A child that seems impossible to be born. A child that Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth are to have together. They've been told for years that children were out of the question for them. And now they've gotten well beyond typical childbearing years. And this angel says, there's going to be a child born to you and you're going to call his name John. And he will be considered great. And he will go before the Lord his God. And he will prepare my people for their Redeemer. John seems like an impossibility. What are you talking about? How, how can I know this is so, Zacharias says? You don't understand. My wife, she can't have children. And she and I both are, are so old. This is impossible. How are we to trust your word? And so Gabriel says to him something very peculiar. He says, my name is Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of the living God. I get chills when I read that. I've got chills right now. My name is Gabriel and I stand in the presence of the living God. Think about what then happens. Gabriel seems to be speaking in God's authority when he says to him, because you've doubted my word, 
you will remain mute until these things come to pass. And he's mute. I mean, that's amazing. I, I wonder if, if perhaps God is saying, oh no, Gabriel, what have you done? But Gabriel says, because you've doubted my word, you're not going to be able to speak for nine months. And when my word does come to pass, when this prophecy, this word from the Lord that I've been given to deliver to you, when it does come to pass, don't forget the name John. So a very mysterious story and a very intense story. The people outside who are praying as Zacharias has gone into the temple to, to lift their prayers in some way through lighting the incense. They're, they're, they're perplexed. What's taking him so long? He must have seen a vision or something. This isn't normal. When Zacharias comes back out and he's unable to speak to them, they're convinced. Something has happened to Zacharias. Zacharias, in the holy place, as Gabriel appeared to him, it's easy to see that he was caught off guard. He wasn't expecting this encounter. He didn't have this in his plans or as part of his agenda for the day. We might say that he was sleeping, so to speak. He didn't see this happening, but God saw him. And God wanted to do something in his life and through his life to be a blessing not just to his family, to be a bit, but to be a blessing to all of Israel and ultimately to the entire world. Through Zacharias, this one who's seen by Yahweh while he's sleeping, while he's caught off guard, while he's unexpecting, he is to be the father of the forerunner of Christ, the Redeemer. He was caught off guard, found not expecting. Sleeping. And the same could be said of the whole world at the first advent of Christ. He came when he was little expected. Yeah, there were, there were some who, ex, who were expecting him. We read in Luke chapter 2 of Simeon and Anna, two servants of God, two faithful witnesses to God's faithfulness who are not caught off guard, who are fully expecting what God is doing for His people and for His world. But for the most part, these are just exceptions. Everyone else is little expecting God to be doing anything. They're in the midst of first century Palestinian Israeli life.
living under the thumb of the Romans, not expecting that Yahweh is aware of their plight. Perhaps His promises that He made to us will be fulfilled at some other time and in some other way. Christ came in the midst of darkness. He came in the midst of a dark and sinful time in the history of the world as the world is always in the midst of a dark and sinful time in its history. He came in the midst of a dark and despondent time for Israel. They were numb from waiting. Unexpecting for having expected for so long that the Messiah would come. And He comes in the midst of their darkness. He came to do what seemed impossible. The miraculous. That which doesn't just happen. They're interested in, is He coming to restore Israel? Is He coming to reestablish our kingdom? And get us out from under Roman rule and control? But no, He came to do more than that. He came to restore humanity. And if we look around us, we quickly recognize that that seems impossible. These people, this darkness, these sins, but Jesus' first advent was much like what he's told us of his second advent, his return. He tells us that he will come as a thief in the night. He tells us that he will come when all hope seems lost. And he tells us that he comes to do the impossible, to make all things new. Meanwhile, we go about our business, the business of the holidays, the business of busyness, the business of days that seem far too short, nights that seem far too little restful. We keep wanting to try to find the time to get in the car and ride around and just look at the lights, but we find that time is hard to pin down. The world moves on and our days pile on. And if we're not careful, we get to the end of a season like this and we realize that what we thought we had been expecting, we apparently weren't expecting because we weren't doing anything that expecting people do. And so I want to encourage all of us, myself being the chief among us, not because I'm pastor, but because... I know my own life and I know my own way of wanting to 
set aside this time and wanting to intentionally do that and realizing it doesn't get done if I'm not careful. But I'm wanting to encourage all of us to do a few things to really begin expecting so that we're not like Zacharias, caught off guard and doubting and wondering, it's impossible, Lord. Don't you realize my circumstance? Advent is not a time of doom and gloom. It's a time of remembrance, a time of readiness. And so first, let's look back and remember. This will require us to slow down. It will require us to worship. It will require us to gather together as the remembering people. And I want to encourage all of us to prioritize these weeks together. Let's worship together this Advent so that we might together look back at the story of how Christ came into the world to remember it, to reflect upon it together. Secondly, let's together look ahead and love. This will require us to slow down and to begin loving our neighbors as ourselves. David already told us about an, a fantastic opportunity to do just that. December the 14th, the Center for Children and Young Adults. These are 40-something kids who don't see their parents, who don't see their families. And we've got an opportunity to cook for them and to feast with them, to share gifts with them. And you're surrounded by, and I'm surrounded by, people in need of love this season. People in need of some time conversation people in need of a small reminder that God does indeed see them that he's aware that he cares and together let's look up and believe To look up in prayer. To look up in singing. To look up in reading the scriptures. This will require us to slow down. And to walk together intentionally. And as I've already mentioned to you, you've got an incredibly easy opportunity to do just that. To walk together making use of that simple guide to the holy days. To look up and believe starts with repentance. You'll notice that the primary color of Advent is purple. Reminding us of royalty and reminding us to repent. 
Because as we look at our own lives, as we reflect back on where we are, where we've been, we probably recognize that we ourselves far too often are like Zacharias, caught off guard in what God is doing. Far too doubting. Seeing far too many impossibilities. We should begin by recognizing that perhaps we've been sleeping. But the good news is that God sees us when we're sleeping. He's aware. He's not caught off guard. And if we will but believe, if we will but love, if we will but remember, He wants to do in our lives and through our lives great things. Do we expect Him to do great things? Are we expecting? Let's expect together God to do the miraculous, to do the impossible, to burst the darkness with His glorious light. Let's pray.